This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And thank you to our special sponsors, iris.co.uk. Martin, you saw a great video just recently from Iris, didn't you? Yeah, well, I think people don't know Iris is they were ahead of the game for MTD phase one because they were the first software there to be listed as approved by the HMRC TD filing. And guess what? They're fully prepared for the next. So they've got an MTD webinar on demand that you can catch up with at any time. Rob, where do they go to to see this? It's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. That stands for making tax digital for our international listeners. And there's some great stuff there that you need to know to guide you through the whole making tax digital initiative. So iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Right, Martin? That's right. So wherever you are in your journey, Iris know that they have the knowledge and tools to help you in the next steps. That's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Welcome to this week's expert interview. I'm Rob Brown. I'm here with Darren Glanville back for the second time. It's lovely to have you with us, Darren Glanville from Fathom. Hi, Rob. Good to be back with you again. We don't invite everyone back, Darren. So uh, we talked last time about reporting. We really got you deep diving on that is a very key passion of yours. But you've been in this accounting game a long time. What separates the good accountants from the great ones? Oh, you, you, you're getting to the heart of it now. I've, I've, I had hair when I first started this, this, this as well. Um, well, you've been yeah, in no. software a long time and you've said accountants, you talk to them all the time, Darren, so you've got a feel for this. No, I, I do. I think this, I think what, what separates good accountants from the great ones, I think ultimately it's it's about a sense of passion and purpose. I think it's 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 about delivering on expectations. It's it's not over-promising and under-delivering. It's, it's the opposite of that. And I think it's just being aware of, of, of your clients and understanding their needs and passions and, and wanting to make a difference for them. And that's not something you can put on a wall. You, we see so many firms having that, but equally it's it's living what you you put on the wall, those messages, those purpose. What why are you doing this? Um, what's your purpose? I think that's that's what separates the good ones from the great. We're in pandemic times. We can't escape that. Maybe we're easing out of it right now. What in your view are the biggest challenges that accounting firms all professionals are facing, particularly if they want to grow, come out of this, recover fast. No, but you're right. I think I think the last two years has, have, have really been exceptionally hard um, for accountants. I think there's so many firms that, you know, coming into March 2020 probably wouldn't have had the ability or the desire to have so many of their staff working from home and, and worrying about loss of productivity. But look at what happened. So that there's been an awful lot of challenges and we've, they've risen to that. And the amount of work that they've incurred has, has, has been huge. Um, I think the biggest challenge is now for a lot of firms is is relevance you know how to remain relevant in digital age and how we can absolutely maximize that opportunity if we're going to continue to thrive we see a lot of activity in the MA space so i think for them is is how do we remain relevant how do we maximize our digital journey and opportunities what does make an accountant relevant to an accounting client to a business owner i think i think ultimately it's about reviewing and, and maintaining the high level of service it's about relevance in terms of making sure that we're doing the right things. When we say we're going to do them, uh, we're charging fairly for that. It's not astronomical, but I think I think there's probably two or three things we can cover off on that one. The fintech industry, the software, the technology, that's advanced at a rapid rate. The accounting profession, though, some might say has not evolved as fast as it should have done. Is there any aspect of the accounting sector that you think hasn't moved as quickly as it should have done? I think it's the change into advisory bundling advisory into your service offering. I think it's it's not it hasn't evolved as quickly as perhaps I would have liked. I think we've we've certainly seen 
uh, since I read that report back in 2003, that, you know, here we are 16, 17 years later, and we're still not seeing the majority of firms deriving the level of fees that maybe were predicted back then or, or certainly suggested. Uh, I think we're far off that. I think the focus has been on compliance and not necessarily around advisory, building out the core teams, the skill sets that go with that, and therefore the ability to service clients of that. I think it's still a, a way to go. And I don't think it's something that app vendors have traditionally helped uh, along that process either by saying, hey, you know, just sign up for here and you'll solve all of your advisory needs. <laughs> the big promise. Yeah, the, 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 the ethereal promise. You know, I think no product is going to do that for you. You have to invest time. You have to invest in terms of skilling up the team to be able to deliver that effectively. So I think that would, for me personally, would be, you know, why I'm so passionate about what we do is, is advisory hasn't caught up or, or, or grown or evolved as quickly as it should have done. Mm, and I suppose another question, which may elicit the same answer, what's really working for successful accounting firms and where do the opportunities lie? Is that advisory or something more or different? Many of your listeners will probably have the same view. I think advisory is such a broad spectrum word that I think it encompasses an awful lot. I think if we're looking at traditional type two services, consulting advice yes I, th I think it would be the same thing but advice sits in so many areas i think you know we've seen some firms um upskill uh and do it successfully in terms of becoming a software business and i remember gary turner from zero saying at one point many many years ago hey we're all software businesses whether you like it or not and i think that's that's very true um so how can we help clients you know implement train on software um, through to advice, through to wealth planning, through to M&A, through to legal, HR. There's such a broad spectrum, I think, that certain firms are now starting to tap into and realise we need a, a far broader uh, skill set than what we've traditionally had. You mentioned business development on the last episode you were with us on. And have you seen any changes in the way accounting firms win work? You're talking here about client service and how they develop the work that they've already got but in terms of bringing in new clients new business standing out has that changed much i think i think so i think we, we've, we've certainly seen the rise of, of more tools i think we obviously it's not just about pricing and how we price it but there are some good tools out there um, that help you with that i think we've seen the rise of some external organizations networking groups we've seen tools like the gap and amc and a few others um, that are really helping firms understand the importance of business development i think we've still seen the rise of more telemarketing come into that as well and people using telemarketing agencies to go out there and, and call clients and prospects uh, i think that that continues also firms are a lot more savvy around some of those those key business development tactics i think we certainly see seeing now more firms be open to training and developing their teams to ask more open questions and to at least start that i, I wouldn't expect anyone to to be a fully fledged you know 10 year 15 year veteran of sales but i think we are seeing a lot more of the soft skills come into play where they're just starting to now uncover where are you, where do you want to get to, what's the gap, how do we get you there, what's the outcomes that you want. I think there's, there's, there's so much more around that. I think firms now are looking at skills and, and, and technical ability, not so much, but they're looking at soft skills and bringing more people in that can actually hold conversations with clients as opposed to just pure technical qualifications right now. Are you seeing any change in the way business owners buy accounting services? Absolutely. I think, I think without shadow of a doubt, I think we're seeing a much more savvier breed of business owner, not necessarily in terms of fully understanding the ins and outs of double entry bookkeeping. I've yet to to meet a business owner that fully understands the intricacies of that. And I think if they were going to do that, they go to college and, and learn how to bookkeep or become a, a, you know, certainly AAT qualified. They're very passionate about that, but I think they understand the rules of business. And I think that's just evolved of growing up in a digital age where information is so readily available. I think we're moving away from the guy down the pub conversation to, hey, I can just go into Google, type this in and, and see what's going on. We see recommendations through the social media platforms. 
Um, so I, I definitely think people are a lot more aware of, of recommendations and what other people are using more so than ever now. And I think that's that's really important. I think firms often downplay that as well. The buyers are certainly a lot further down the journey of choosing a firm by the time they get an accountant in to talk to them. Yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with But the question is, Rob, and I'll put that back to you, why, why would people leave a firm? It's, it's generally on two things. One is price versus value. Are they getting the, the this level of service that they want? Price is only an objection in, in the absence of value. And I think that's so true. So if people aren't getting the level of service or they're not made to feel important enough, they will very rapidly move with their feet. And, and sometimes that is reflected in price. Well, you glanced on something there, not feeling important enough. There are th- lots of reasons people leave an accounting firm as a client. Price is one, service is another. The other big one is neglect. Yes, absolutely. Indifference. A lack of relationship, a lack of intimacy, indifference, as you call it. Yeah, I I think it is. I think when we look at the market now, let's face it, the barriers to setting up a practice are are really low now compared to what it was traditionally. Someone coming out, qualifying, working in a big four firm can very quickly set up a boutique practice, working from home, especially in today's environment for very little overhead. They can grow that base. And we know the challenges. People will take on a lot of clients traditionally because they just need clients coming through the door to earn the income. But I think we're seeing a lot more difference around that. We're certainly seeing people lead with customer service. They're doing something different. They're protecting that. They're portraying that, you know, with, with different and they're, they're living those values every day. I think traditionally where we, we haven't seen that, people have felt they've just become a number in an organization that's growing. They Sometimes they don't know who their client managers are. They're just putting in their stuff at the year end and not feeling loved. And hey, presto, being presented with a bill at the end of it. I think that's what we're seeing in, in the challenge now of, of becoming a digital firm. I see, I see a lot of firms calling themselves digital, but when you lift the hood, they've got three or four clients that are on cloud accounting. <laughs> the firm hasn't got a, a digital strategy, but they're looking then to, to merge and, and to sell to other people as, as the client base, but they're pitching themselves as a digital firm. And, and that's just the start. And I think that's the danger as well, is that they're, they're not really leveraging that. Well, I, I wanted to ask you where you feel some accounting firms or individual accountants have fallen short or been complacent over the last few years. I wouldn't necessarily say complacent. Um, I think that's very strong, although I, I wouldn't discount it either. I think a few years ago, I think when we did some research, the average age of a partner was 59. Um, this was before the, you know, probably about three or four years ago. If, you know, let's, let's be honest, if, if you're 59 as a partner or an owner of a firm, you've, you've got to where you were by doing exactly what you've always done. You're, you're a lot, potentially a lifestyle practice. You're not a growth mindset. You've earned a, a nice living from this. You may have two or three staff that are doing this. Do you make the investment or do you look to get out as quickly as possible? And I think that's what we've seen over the last few years is a lack of investment by certain firms to go through that process of digitization to potentially expand the PE value that they get from it as well. But they've made a lack of lack of investment. But you're speaking to the business model of accounting firms, professional firms, aren't you? The equity-based model. Yeah, you are. You are. And I think but there are firms I know that have not made that investment in terms of digitizing their clients, going through the change, the pain of, if you want to call it the pain of, of, of digitizing and looking, you know, putting off that gratification uh, for a couple of years and, and realizing, actually, if I, if I go through with this, I'm going to transform not only the practice, but the lives of my clients, and therefore ultimately, hopefully get a higher higher valuation for my firm when I do decide what I want to do with it. I think some firms have just cut out and said, hey, no, it's not for me. I'll sell and, and get out. Now, you work over there at Fathom. You're an international company, and you're at the forefront of reporting, forecasting, visualizing KPIs, dashboards for accounting firms. Why is that the future, Darren? Why do you enjoy it so much? I think it comes back to, to, to Fathom's purpose, and that is, um, you know, ultimately for us, 
we want to present clarity and confidence to, to the people behind every business through, you know, the advisors that we work with. That's fundamentally what we do. You know, when we look at, you know, how we do that, uh, it's, it, again, building something remarkable is, is hard. And I think it takes time. We want to make genuine connections with our customers, be they advisors or SMEs. We want to align that so we have a, a common purpose, a common strategy. That's what makes people choose Fathom is because we, we generally align with, with what they do. You know, we often forget that sometimes being a business owner, Rob, you will know this for yourself, but being a business owner is a lonely place. And, and that's, I think, what underpins us is, is you know, knowing that there are advisors out there that truly care, recognize that and are able to help. And I, I just think, you know, how many conversations I've had over the last 12 months where some of our partners said, look, we class advisory is just sometimes being there, letting our customers offload. We're not selling anything. We're not doing a forecast. We're not doing a report. They've just kind of come to us and just offloaded. Well, accountants have become therapists, counselors, psychiatrists. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's ultimately, what do we want to do? We want to change the game for reporting and forecasting. Um, and that's essentially what we want to do. And we, we have a great team distributed across three offices in Brisbane, Seattle, and, and now in the UK. And that's that's essentially what we do. And we, we love working with our accounting partners um, to really help them understand that they're not just selling data, they're not just selling a report, they're actually getting into that element of providing wisdom and knowledge and actionable insights that we can work on. Do you have a personal philosophy for success, Darren? You've been in this game a long time, you've stuck around, you've made your way up there, something must be working for you. I think everything we do, one of, one of the things I love about working in the space is, is the relationships, is, is building long-term client value. That's one of the things that has, has always impressed me about accountants. It's it's kind of like I remember coming into this bright eyed, bushy tailed with hair, um, you know, working for one of my first sales jobs. And someone said to me, we're not like the legal sector. We're not transactionally based. Everything we do, the reason why accountants are great is because they recognize the long term value of a customer. I still maintain that. And I think, as I said before, I absolutely believe you can automate a process. You can't automate a relationship. And I still talk to people I spoke to 20 years ago. Is there a thinker or a book or a movement that's most shaped your outlook for life and business? There's two, there's two or three, I think. I, I don't want to kind of sound a bit corny, but again, I think a, like a lot of accountants, Simon Sinek's Start With Why is always a great book to read. I think also The Truth About Hard Things is a good book to read. Aaron Dignam's book was, was a great one. And also the one I've been recently reading is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Is there anything you've changed your mind on in the last few years? Over the last few years, I've changed my mind on a couple of things. I think one is from my very early days, I think in terms of selling that you know, we always viewed January as, as a, as a no-go area for, for, um, for accountants because of tax returns. And in my very early youth, I would, I would literally try to disprove that myth simply by saying, hey, it's not a high enough priority for people. Whereas I think certainly now, um, as I've matured a bit and, and realized and having the opportunity to work in practice as well, which really transformed the way that I approached it, having worked for 15, 18 years in IT and, and solutions for, for accountants just having that ability to go and work in practice for three years really opened my eyes to it. And I would recommend it to anyone who's in the fintech sector to go and walk a mile in, in a practitioner's shoes. Is there anything that frustrates you about your job? What frustrates me? That's a really good question. What frustrates me is anyone who thinks that you're going to solve a problem just with a, with a piece of software. You have to look beyond just that piece of software. You can't just expect to put something in overnight and it will magically transform. And I think I've, I've certainly seen that on times. I've, I've certainly seen a lot of 
what I would call software magpies, literally flitting from one shiny thing to the next. And you've spoken before about the importance of compliance, how it's the bedrock for accounting firms. And if you don't get that and your process is right, then any tech is just going to exacerbate the problem, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's 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 the killer, I think, for a lot of firms is they haven't invested. I understand why, but I also yeah, see that you're on a potential route to nowhere with that because you're, you're just going to automate a bad process. Dan, we have a lot of accounting practitioners listening to the show and a lot of fintech influencers, software vendors listening. What's a great piece of career advice you've been given that you perhaps could pass on to them? One of the best bit of advice I had was, was, was when I started coming into leadership and that was um, be humble or get humbled, be genuine and authentic. And as you, as you with teams, you've, it's all about looking after that team. Let's look ahead to the next couple of years. We can't project with any sense of definition what it looks like because we're in uncertain times, but you are in the forecasting and reporting business. You're in the business of looking ahead. You probably know more than most what's coming up over the next couple of years. What excites you most about what we're walking into as we emerge from the pandemic here? I think optimism is is what we're emerging to. We've, we've had a very few hard years. I think firms... Sadly, that that wouldn't survive the pandemic have fallen by the wayside. It's it's disappointing to see that, but you know, realistically, not every business does survive. But those that are now really emerging from the pandemic, I think, is they're placing more importance on the ability to plan and and, and look ahead, and they're looking at options. I think that's that's what excites me most about the next couple of years, is they're shifting their focus from the short term cash position to the longer term strategic view. That's what I think is 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 key. I think we have to help our partners deliver these services in a way that the end user will consume in the appropriate way, whether that's in front of them on a, on a printed report or online uh, or on screen. But also we have to look at the way in which AI and machine learning are going, um, even voice. You know, how, how do we deliver those services and how are our customers going to consume that in the next three to five years? And I think that's why I, I see a huge shift towards moving away from data into the knowledge knowledge space. Um, sharing those those analytics and those those deeper insights with those customers, and providing more advice. I think that's 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 still an untapped potential. Great time to be an accountant and fintech. Uh, best, and I, th- I think we'll only see that increase, Rob. If I'm honest, through more use of APIs as well. So more information, more data coming in. It's been fantastic, Darren. Thank you so much for your insights and your passion today. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much, Rob. Shout out to one of our newest commercial partners, it's Practice Ignition. How would you explain what those guys do? Businesses such as accounting and bookkeeping firms use Practice Ignition to one, help them grow, two, be more efficient, and three, create win-win client relationships. How global are these guys? There are nearly 5,000 accounting and professional services firms around the world who use Practice Ignition, and they do so to win new business with impressive digital proposals. They engage clients with a clear scope of work and get paid on time by automating payment collection. PI integrates with the leading business apps such as Gusto, QuickBooks, Xero, Zapier, and it does so to automate time-consuming tasks, allowing the practitioner to run their practice on autopilot and automate time-consuming tasks such as client onboarding or invoicing. 91% of their customers spend less time creating proposals and chasing signatures and payments. 87% were able to cancel other software subscriptions and 80% are fewer or no unpaid invoices at any given time. That's amazing. So if you're in the US, we'd say, say hello to zero accounts receivable. If you're in the UK, we'd say impressions that last payments made fast. 
And if you're in Australia, we'd say first impressions that win new business every time. For the entire world, the bottom line is that you can get to use PI right now. We've got a special offer from our PI partners. Use the code AIR21 to receive 25% of all plans for your first six months. Info.ignitionapp.com forward slash AIP for accounting influencers.